0: Oh, just a oh. Oh, you're Justin Madden's got the sit. One hand. Oh, he's oh, 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 the post is broken. Matthew's in it. Oh, talk about a He Man! Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your football life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers funerals. Celebrating lives. Yes, Matthew, that's what it's all about. Celebrating lives while they're still being lived. And we all go through horrible times in our family where we celebrate the lives of those people who have departed us. Uh, There's only one occasion where someone's gone back and said said how good it is on the other side. And uh, that, of course, was uh, Kerry Packer. But uh, the serious thing about it is today that the VFL-AFL is a wonderful Australian game, folks. Thousands of men played the game at this, the highest level, and others coming through who will become legends. Others have more of an impact and today's guest is just one of those who will leave a lasting impression both on and off the field. Can you guess who he is? 240 games for Hawthorne. Five VFL time day Premiership player. 1986 Brownlow Medalist, Three time VFL Team of the Year. Australian Football Hall of Fame. A wingman in Hawthorne's (laughs) Team of Century. And this might give it away, folks. In 19... Hmm, 91, after appearing on Rex Hunt Fishing Adventures, catching Brim and Mullet in the Yarra River in Melbourne, he went to Kmart and ordered a special Rex Hunt rod for $24.90. He got a discount and he got it for $19.99. Do you know who it is? It can only be one man who has known the world over by his affectionate nickname, Dipper. We've got you on the show, mate.
1: Thank you, number five. Thank you, Rick. Uh, you with you
0: mate. are a legend. And a lot of our listeners, particularly through Southern Australia, will recognise, you know, uh, just a time back, you were you were on for a cameo for my celebrations, and it was great to have you on board. But today we need to get into the nitty-gritty of where it all started when your mum and dad, your lovely mum and dad, Stefano and Antoinetta, they immigrated from Italy and uh, on the big land down under... Uh, Robert Dippy and Manico was a result of that marriage. Tell us a little about your earliest memories of your childhood.
1: Well, Rex, uh, basically, my father came to this country in 1954, and my mother came to this country in 1956. They were, married, they were married by proxy over the phone, and then went Well, that's happening
0: right. today. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And actually, Dad stopped in. Uh, he came uh, on, a, on a boat uh, called the Sydney and stopped in Fremantle for about a month.
0: Yeah. And,
1: and didn't really like Fremantle, and uh, couldn't get a job there, so jumped back on the boat and come back to Victoria. Imagine if I stayed in Fremantle, I would have been West Coast captain. really, like, you know. But uh, it would have... It, 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 when Dad came uh, to uh, Melbourne, he found a spot in, in Richmond...
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: and, re- ...and rented a house, and then bought a house in Hawthorne when Mum came home in 56, and, and obviously back in those days, you were zoned to an area. Yeah. Like today you're drafted, and... That's I got to play with Hawthorne, but I just played local footy and yeah. uh,
0: about did, five did, years of age. Did, did you feel feel that you fell in love with the, the, uh, the aerial ping-pong as a very, very early stage in your life and you had dreams and yeah. who were some of the household names that you can remember listening to on the radio or watching well, on the TV? Well,
1: well, back in the day, I used to have a very bad stutter and also a, a very long name and very hyperactive, so I found footy. A, a greater opportunity to become part of this society. Wow. Because if you can play sport in this country,
0: yeah.
1: you absolutely love it. And I had to go at everything in school, you know, running, jumping, skipping, hopping. And because of my stuttering, mm. I, I was uh, sort of picked on a fair bit and I had no confidence uh, in, in the classroom. But once I got out of the classroom, but once I got an opportunity to play footy, I yeah. could say, well, wow. I mean, I wasn't a good footballer. And the thing is, what I could do was put my head over the ball. yeah. And when I went to Hawthorne, Uh, Obviously, John Kennedy saw that. And and back in those days, uh, that's what he wanted me to do, put my head over the ball and get the ball and kick it long.
0: And kick it long, laddie. And there's only three things in football. They've got the ball, we've got the ball, and the ball's in dispute. (laughs) This is Robert DiPieta Medico. If you don't know who I'm talking about, it's Dipper. And if you're in trouble at 3 in the morning, Dipper will be right there giving you a hand to change that tyre. Tell us about the approach from Hawthorne. Uh, You're obviously an above-average kid and you stood out. Uh, tell us about the first time the knock on the door to Mum and Dad said, we're keen for you, son, to have a run with us. Uh, take us back all those years, Robert. Well, uh, Dad didn't tell
1: me that uh, the recruiters uh, at Hawthorne, he didn't really understand much of it at all, because he was just a factory worker, well, not just a factory, a factory worker, like Mum. And they left 6 o'clock in the morning. I got home at 6 o'clock at night, and never before. Mm. But one time I got home earlier from school, um, I, found Dad's, I, I saw Dad's pink EK Holden outside... It's everyone Good. Mason Street about Goodness 3 o'clock me. in the afternoon. I'm
0: thinking,
1: yeah. What's my father's car doing there? So I ran yeah. home. I, I opened the door, ran down the corridor. There's my mother in the kitchen cooking pasta. they going, hello, what are you doing? <laughs> and then, and there's my father sitting at the, at the kitchen table with that plastic over it uh, with three well-dressed gentlemen. I'm thinking, mm. well, either three coppers are looking for me or... Uh, yeah,
0: well, they have the <laughs> now, Dipper, uh, this is Dipper, folks. Don't worry about Robert, Debbie and him minute anyway. go. This is Dipper, and we're glad he's on the show, not only all across the nation for Tobin Brothers celebrating lives while they're still living, but all around the world through the worldwide Net, because you can just listen to it anywhere. And thanks for joining us. Before we get into this magnificent career... Um, it's fair to say at Hawthorne you started off slowly and completely slackened off, and what should be highlighted, that you spent as a 17-year-old an entire season in the reserves. Looking back, was that a blessing in disguise to set you up for one of the great careers?
1: Well, who, who, who is to know when I walked into the club at that age? When I walked in the club, I remember the two other guys walking with me, Rodney Eve and Ian Payton. They wow. stood next to me. Peter Crimm has come up, introduced himself, and said these words, Rex. If you embrace Hawthorne, Hawthorne would embrace you. Wow. What does that mean?
0: Oh. What
1: does that mean when you're a Welcome
0: young kid, aboard, you know? young man. Now it's yeah. up to you how long you That's stay right. here. Wow. And there's,
1: and there's Lee Matthews and Don Scott, Peter Nice, Michael Tarkio. You know, those names as well right off the tongue. John Kennedy walked out, and I'm looking at Rocket, I'm looking at Ian Payton thinking, you know, we're just young kids here. But you're right, Rex. I played under 19s, and then I played a couple reserve games, and I played yeah. my first senior game uh, against Fitzroy in 1975. And then I spent the the next two years, basically, in the reserves. Yeah. Because I, I, look, you know, I wasn't much of a player, but I I got sort of a little bit ahead of myself, I suppose. And, you know, but back in those days, reserves football was just as tough as senior footy. And from 1978 onwards, I think I sort of started to make a name for myself.
0: Yeah, In 78, uh, you were right in the thick of things and you started to get to know what it's all about, particularly self-belief and confidence. Uh, you got a nasty a nasty whack in the qualifying final, but you got yourself right and actually played in the grand final and got a, got a little bit of the footy. Yeah, it was one uh, of those days. I was, I mean, Dipper, are you out in the bay fishing? Where are you? No, no, I'm here. I'm no, here. No, it's just a bit of noise coming down there. That's all right. Anyhow, oh, continue no, on. Cause... No, well, you're
1: right, Rex. I mean, you. Imagine being or playing on the MCG first there, but playing in the grand final in your yeah. third year, and and all of a sudden things went our way. We played against North Melbourne. I got a few kicks, in, and and uh, you know I was one. I was one of the uh, yeah you know, the best named players on the ground, which I suppose started started getting that name out. D P E Domenico. Yeah. You know, but, D P uh, E <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember one bloke. We actually we had a drink on the Mondays you always heard, The right Sun in South Melbourne. A bloke come up and he goes, hey, aren't you that um of <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mate, it's me.
0: He goes, great game, mate, great game. Quite amazing. Um, let's fast forward. Uh, was your first premiership in 83?
1: No, 78 was my first
0: premiership. Oh, se- 78. Let's go back to that grand final where you got 21 disposals. How old were you then?
1: I was about uh, 19. Uh,
0: same as lo- a lot of us. Doesn't sink yeah. in until you you now realise what you did. It was just the start of an incredible journey for you, Robert.
1: It was. like It was just an incredible journey. Who was to know that I was going to be there for 18 years of my life at Hawthorne, the day I walked in and all of a sudden you played a grand final. All of a sudden, you know, you start to get a few more games and uh, and it was just great trying. It was tribal back in those days, Rich. Hawthorne versus Richmond, suburb versus suburb. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and uh, you know, it was great to go to the Conningwood and, and And Windy Hill and those sort of places and and led by some wonderful people. John Kennedy, David Park and of course Alan Jean came in the 80s and uh, what a career we had and what a career I had uh, with some wonderful players.
0: Yeah, Uh, let's run through your coaches, Uh, you know, and they are great, (laughs) not only Hawthorne people, but uh, AFL football people. Uh, Let's run through them and uh, just remind our listeners what what stars they had. Well, John Kennedy Sr.,
1: uh, in my first year, I still remember the first day he spoke, you know. Don't speak, do! Yeah. Just, you know, that, in that voice. And even today, at 80-plus years of age, when I get a chance to see him, we sit down and we have a bit of a chat. He's just a wonderful person. Then David Parker, who brought the, the, uh, the scientific side of things to football. Yeah, played my first premiership under David. And, of course, he moved on to Carlton. Now, of course, Alan Jeans came, uh, a fine person. And, and all these three people are father figures. And that's the point about it. We're a young side, but father figures. And, you know, we had our ups and downs against each other. I mean, you know, uh, I, uh, you know, I always always questioned, you know, what, where I was going to be in the club or whatever uh, to my coaches. And they always told me where I belonged. Yeah. You know, you're not a good player, son. Just get on with it. Okay.
0: <laughs> did you always play? On, you didn't always play on the wing, did you?
1: No, no. I started on the half-back flank.
0: You won and, a Brownlow uh, Medal on the wing, and how many premierships I, on the wing? I
1: um, well, I won uh, four premierships on the wing, uh, and uh, we also lost three Rex because we yeah. played seven grand finals in a row. How does seven that happen?
0: How does that happen? A, a kid, oh. a kid who describes himself as just a struggling battler, become a legend of the wing, <laughs> and when the greatest wingman of all time has spoken about you're in there. How does that happen?
1: Uh, look, I don't know. I, I think, well, well, in a way that. And because I was hyperactive and because I I, yeah, I mean, you've known me a long time. I just you know, just get out and do things and I remember Norm Goss was on uh, on, on the match committee, I was having a, a bad time on the half back flank. and all of a sudden I said, Just put him on the wing and next thing I, I tackled and jumped and skipped and hop and kick goals and mm. and from that moment on I stayed there and, and in the playing premierships there.
0: Yeah, Uh, Robert Domenico is our special guest here today and uh, we're going to take a break and uh, just let Dipper regain some forks but out of the uh, break folks, on behalf of Tobin Brothers the legend of Dipper continues right around the nation on This Is Your Football Life Dream rises to the top, he is an absolute legend of the game You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives yeah, good on you Maddie and good on you for tuning the dial wherever you are today around this magnificent country. Dipper, he's our legend, he's our guest. You can check out all the action on Twitter at Rex Footy Life on my Facebook page on Tobin Brothers Facebook. What do you think about all this Facebook and uh, Twitter and tweeting and canaries? <laughs> Dipper you into all that? Oh, well, you've
1: gotta be in it, Rex uh, social media, you gotta get out there, but yeah, like you know. Anyway, all
0: it's, good. it's fantastic. Uh, Let's talk about, you know, which was a golden era for Hawthorne, but a golden era for you that you can, you know, tell your grandchildren about. Um, I I reckon 89, to my mind as a broadcaster, stands, you know, as, uh, oh, goodness me, Dermot was just like a freshly killed sheep when Yates ran through him and Ablett kicked the goal in the 89 grand final the first 20 seconds and you blokes came back and then they came back you punctured a lung, you, 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 you had a twinge in your hamstring. I know it's hard to grade them, but was 89 the one that you think, wow?
1: <coughs> well, it was really important to our club, Rex, because as I said before, we had played seven grand finals in a row, and uh, this is... Uh, no Hawthorne side I'd ever won back-to-back before. And the Richmonds and the Melbournes and the Counties, Conniewoods of those great eras did. And uh, after winning in 83... Luzian 84 85 loss 186 against Carlton, lost 87 88 beat Melbourne. Geelong were a new opponent and we we want we wanted to be the first ever the Hawthorne side that went back to back and uh you know it turned out to be one of those great games that that uh, we all know about and people people talk about that game because of, yeah. i mean i mean was kicked nine goals straight. <laughs> you know germans what happened to german in the first quarter and uh, other other players in that game got hurt and but but the thing about this game is that we just kept going. And, and when that sign went, I, well, personally, I had no idea who'd won and whatever. But uh, it was just great to be part of Hawthorne's first ever back-to-back.
0: You were crook. Tell us about it. Tell us about your concerns, well, the concerns of your family. You punctured a lung. You'd well, been run the, over by a bloody truck. Uh, tell <laughs> us a little bit about it because you were a real crook.
1: Well, there's some words you don't want to hear on the footy field record. It's yours, zipper. Oh. And of course, you know when the, when your teammate calls you, in, especially the MCG grand final Days yeah, you, you look up in the air. You, you can't look left, right, behind you. You got
0: and, Yablet coming at yeah, you at a million yablet. miles an hour with only one intent.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Anyway, you know, I ended up uh, hearing my ribs go, and, uh, mm. and of course, I didn't know at the time that I would punched my mark. But as I kept moving around the the ground, yeah, for the whole game, I, uh, you know, I, I was imploding, and my voice was going really high like this. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'd go, hey, kick it to me.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Players are going, are you all right? Yeah, i was fine, thanks. Just kick it, kick, get
0: rid
1: of it. <laughs> and then, and then uh, of course, when the sign went, uh, I ended up in hospital and, you know, I spent a few days there. But look, yeah, would I do it again? Bloody hell, I would, Rex, you know.
0: Yeah. Um, the best player you played with at Hawthorne?
1: Oh, please. Lee Matthews. Sorry, the others.
0: Best player you played against uh, at any oh. stage of your career?
1: Oh, look, I love to play against... I did play against some wonderful people, but Dougie Hawkins for me. Yeah. We played against each
0: other 15, 16 times, you know? Isn't it amazing how many of us... You know, I had Robert Walls for coffee the other day after he came back from France, you know what I mean? And we
1: Yeah.
0: We were the two biggest stories in 72, him for his great game and me for my Scheisenhausen game. And uh, <laughs> we, as you know, uh, <laughs> since then, like you and Cheryl, we've become very, very dear friends. And do you and Dougie... When you catch up for a beer or a coffee, it's a special, special time, isn't it? And it's respect, oh, from, respect from both ends.
1: Oh, no, we do. I, I bring Hawk all the time. And, yeah. Uh, we do a couple of shows together, and but he was just a wonderful player, Rex. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was, you know, I was built like a you know, Yeah. He was, he was just like a ballet dancer, and I could never catch him. But he was jumping on top of mid But I reckon I beat him one day, and I, hmm. and I still talk about this day. But well, one, it was just great time because every club had great wingmen. Every, yeah. every player had, uh, every club had, you know, like uh, Timmy Watson, Rhys Jones mm. and Jeremy Lane and all these great players. You
0: know? uh, what do you think about the modern game?
1: Look, I like the modern game, but if it's played at, at, at that pace that we love, you know, you have the Hawthorne, the Carlton, the Geelong, oh, Carl, the Geelongs and, yeah. you know, Sydney with a hard-hitting, unsociable football, I love it. I really uh,
0: do. Uh, I spoke to Peter Hudson, one of our guests a couple of weeks ago on This Is Your Footy Life, and I asked him a simple question. Why do people make goal kicking so hard? Yes. I know that you weren't a forward, but when you went forward, you always made it, made it count. What are they doing wrong? I reckon uh, I reckon they've got to have a look at the rugby league blokes and see that they kicked the ball 40 metres through the goals and 20 metres out, and I just think, goodness me, Cloak, get a copy of this and kick the ball into the crowd instead of jabbing and farting around with it.
1: Yeah, well, Rex, I heard that interview, and... I always listen to the show, uh, and uh, they don't spend time kicking goals. They're training. Now, work that one out, right. Yeah. Like they're full-time players, and look, it all comes down to this. You've got to kick the goal at the moment, and that's, you know, I think, you know, watching players these days, when you spend hours on this, you know, yeah. 15, 20 metres down, missing goals, right. when all your teammates have done all the bloody hard work getting the ball to you. Yeah. I, I mean, Peter is one of the best, ever. You know, I think, every five... 5.7 goals. 5.8, yeah.
0: Yeah, with yeah. His, uh, yeah, his
1: flat punt, but that's what they do. They just kick
0: goals and train <laughs> Robert Deppier-Domenico is a legend of the game, not only officially, but in the eyes of millions of people who love the air conveyance that we see kicked around with monotonous regularity every week throughout Australia and the world. Um, 1990, bittersweet year, 13 games, 91-1 <coughs> game, retired, you got the message loud and clear through your own being that uh, I reckon I should wrap this up.
1: Well, I um, I was really upset in 1991 with Alan Joyce. Alan Joyce was the coach at the time. Because uh, Alan Jeans, if you remember, had a brain hemorrhage in 88. He did. I suppose in 88. And then uh, he came back in 89 because yeah. 90, Alan Joyce took over. Yeah. And, uh, I had three, four operations that year. But uh, the last six weeks of that year, all I wanted to do was get myself flying for the finals, you know. And we're playing the grand final. I remember the Thursday night before that grand final, the last train runner at Glenfurry Oval. I've been training for six weeks. I'm flying, you know. And of course, I belong in finals. This is what I believe, anyway. That's great. I remember Alan Joyce saying, "Right, oh boys, uh, Dipper, Kennedy, in Young John Kennedy, and Peter Swab. Go train with the reserves." So I'm going, what? Mm. You know. This is a grand final. I don't, you know, I haven't trained the reserves for ten years. Yeah. Anyway, so I was so angry. I was so angry, Rex, because I wanted to play in that grand final. Yeah. Uh so I I wrote I wrote letters to all the players to say, Hey, listen, just do what you gotta do and I'm, you know, and I and I just love the fact that some young boys got a chance and, and um anyway, I, I went to watch the game. Yeah. And then um after the game I went into the West Coast Eagles room because Mick Malthouse uh, sort of uh, invited me in a way to go in there, and I spoke to Chris Maywearing and a few of the guys, Peter Machira and that sort of stuff, mm. uh, talk about... Uh, they were great mates, of course. And then uh, and then the day after, I said to Cheryl, I think it's time. Yeah. And then from that moment... And you the know, don't system, you? Like, you? You yeah, know. Yeah, well, okay. I do
0: know. Our time is coming to a close with Robert at DiPietomenico, and when the history of the game is written, this wonderful soul will take his rightful place. You know, uh, the loudness and the confidence sometimes is perceived as an arrogance that's not good for life. Kids, believe in yourself, because if you believe in yourself, then other people will. Robert, Debbie and Amenico, I need in the next 60 seconds the first answer that comes into your mind and keep it short. My absolute favourite food is... Pasta. When I get around to it, I will... Uh, lose weight <laughs> If I could be anyone or anything anywhere in the world, I would be Myself My all-time favourite movie is Ah, uh, If I had a million dollars to spend in just one day, I would buy A charity To my mind, the greatest Australian rules footballer of all time is Lee Matty Before I let you go, I'll take you back to that cliff on Devil's Island when Steve McLean, who played Papillon, hugged Louis Dagar, played by Dustin Hoffman, and it was an embrace that the love of men, not that other sort of love, uh, that we're all proud of, to say that we love a fella. And Louis Dagar said to Papillon, if you jump, you'll die. And he said, Papillon, I've got to have a go, Louis. And he jumped off. Does that wrap up? your attitude to life, have a go?
1: You've got to have a go, Rex. You've got to have a go.
0: And as he sat on that raft of uh, of coconut uh, leaves and, and, and <laughs> coconut, he drifted down the ocean, he looked up, and what did he say? I'm still here, you bastards. <laughs> and so are you. You are a star. I've enjoyed it immensely, and I know my audience by now. They love you, and thanks for your time today.
1: Thanks, Rex, and uh, enjoy your work, and uh, we'll catch up soon.
0: Cheers, mate. Robert DiPierre Domenico, an absolute legend of the game. And if you'd like to hear extended versions of this interview, check out facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals, or follow us on Twitter at Rex Football Life. Dipper has been part of This Is Your Football Life thanks to Tobin Brothers Celebrating Lives.